What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, I am your host, Nick Fairbaugh, Ever Pittsburgh Sports Now, Call Games, WPTS Radio, and IMP Productions for ACC Network. And folks, today, a very special guest joining me, Stephen Gertz, film analyst for Rivals.com, Panther Lair. We are talking Nelly Cummings and the transfer of Femi Odukali. It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pit Podcast. And as always, if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, do all that great stuff. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. And if you are listening to this, make sure to leave a review in there. I will now welcome in Stephen Gertz from Rivals. Stephen, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, Nick. How about yourself? I'm doing really well on this fine Saturday morning. And obviously, yesterday was Friday, and that was... I don't. I know we've had eventful days in, in pit basketball uh, recently, Stephen. But that was about as eventful a day I think as, as we've had in recent memory in terms of pit basketball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you have one guy coming, one guy saying he's staying, and one guy going. So you know, quite a bit, all within a couple hours, I believe. So yeah, definitely a lot of uh, fervor yesterday. For sure, for sure, and, and that is obviously topics of discussion. I mean, they lose Femiota Cali, George Burton stays, and they gain Nelly Cummings. And I think the big thing that everyone's talking about, though, even though they lost Odo Cali, is Nelly Cummings, the, the local Pittsburgh guy from Midland, PA, Lincoln Valley grad, coming home, trying to, to essentially, if you will, reclaim Pitt basketball to what it was. Well, Stephen, I, I just want to kind of get first reactions from when you first saw it. I mean, what, what about Nelly Cummings sticks out? We talked last time, Nick, about the need for Pitt to have a point guard. So I think part of that is, and I, you know, I think we both put that out on Twitter to people about what that means and the definition of that. I think what Nelly Cummings brings is a feel of control and the ability to stabilize the offense. I think you're going to get things from him like tempo control. And one of the things I highlighted the most is, I mean, as we all know, Pitt pretty much starts and ends their possessions with ball screens with, you know, sometimes a lot of stagnation in between and Cummings is very good in those situations. So I think he's going to be uh, a catalyst for early actions in ball screens, finding teammates, be able to create on his own. And then also late in the clock, I think him and Burton could also do that. So I think he's going to stabilize the offense. I think he's going to effectively utilize ball screens. There are so many times where either the guards were going too soon or the bigs were going, you know, kind of not setting and trying to exit or go screen too quickly. So it's a little bit on Hughley because I think that's the only big that they have right now uh, in tow. But I think Cummings is definitely going to be able to help everybody in that aspect. And that's going to be a big part of, uh, I think, Pitt's success this year is if he can do that, if he can really be good in ball screens and again, tempo control. Yeah, just something they haven't had, uh, as we've kind of talked about. I mean, they really haven't had a guy that can change pace, control tempo. And Cummings, a guy coming from Colgate who has played a little bit more up-tempo at times, uh, he can push the pace a little bit. Again, that's Pitt's been a very stagnant, slower offense, got to wonder. And, and this has been something I've wondered, if, is if maybe they're going to speed things up a little bit. You know, Nike Spandy coming back, he's more of an athletic guy. He's an aggressive guy that you can do off dribble, who who does all these different types of stuff. He's a very aggressive 
kind of go for it type of guy. So I guess when you look at Nelly Cummings now coming, he is going to be that point guard. I mean, he said as much that he is expected to be the point guard. And there has been a lot of talk, I guess, in Pitt, the universe, if you will, among fans and everything. Nelly Cummings is not a true point guard. And and I think it's true. I mean, it's, he's not a traditional point guard. Like, he's not a pass-first facilitator. But I think in the, in the modern basketball game, I mean, he's about as true a point guard as you're going to get, right? Well, I think so in some sense. I mean, if you turn on that Navy-Colgate Patriot League championship and you look, I mean, they're up 21 at a point, Colgate, like early in the second half. It looks like this thing's going to be done. Navy makes a big run, and a lot of it was Cummings on the bench. When he comes back in, they're able to break the press break. They're able to get into their offense. They're going to flow. He hits a big layup to kind of, I think, put him up seven or eight again later in that game about five minutes ago. So in that sense, he is a point guard, right? You want a guy to be able to do that. You want a guy that's going to calm everything down. But I think what people get lost into is that the assist numbers don't pop out. And the assist rate isn't necessarily super high. But he played in the second highest three-point field goal percentage team in the country with a Swiss Army knife that's like a Boston version of Gordon Hayward in Tucker Richardson and also a very heady point guard and another off guard in Jason Ferguson who also averaged two assists a game. So I think when you look at Pitt's system, no, is he going to be coming in here and probably dropping seven assists a game uh, in kind of that James Robinson mold that we've talked about before. Probably not. But is he going to function in a system where Capel likes to use multiple guards to handle the ball? I think so. Uh, and he is going to be able to do that with Burton, with Nike Sabande. And so I guess then you look at the backcourt they have right now. I'm assuming they're going to add one, maybe even two more guards to this rotation if they can. How do you like Nelly Cummings? Talk to me a little bit more about kind of the inner workings of how Cummings – Burton and Sabandi are going to work together because those three are obviously the big three they have right now in the backcourt along with Hughley. How do you feel those three working together? Are they good together? Do they work off each other well in Capel's system? Uh, I think they can. I mean, I, I do think, you know, Cummings has to be the catalyst there in a lot of ways. I think what you see with Nelly Cummings is he obviously is a very good shooter. I mean, he holds a career three-point average closer to 36%. You know, that career average would have slotted him in, I believe, fourth in the ACC last year. Now, he's never averaged two three-pointers uh, in a you know per game in any of his seasons, but he's close. Last year was like 1.9. So I think his ability to shoot, and I saw a little bit of his off-ball activity uh, in some of his last two games, is very good. So I think that those are, you know, when you can shoot, when you handle the ball, you're going to be able to do a lot of things in the offense. I think Burton is decent in ball screens. I think you saw him snake a lot of those out. He has that mid-range game. And then Nike's like a really good release, right? I mean, he attacks closeouts if they can bend the defense. And that's, I think, both Cummings and Burton are pretty good against bent defenses towards defending them. Then I, you could see Nike kind of getting that kickout pass, immediately attack that closeout. I think he probably has, if he's not the best shot creator because we haven't seen him in a year, he's probably two behind Cummings. And so those guys can play off each other well offensively. I think defensively, there's going to be a few more questions in that regard. Uh, but offensively, as long as they don't do your turn, my turn, uh, it, it really has to be one guy to initiate that. And I do believe it's Cummings. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think that's the one thing. If they're going to be ball stoppers, I think that'll be an issue. They need to get the ball movement going. And I think that, that'll be the thing to watch with Nelly Cummings, obviously a guy that can do both penetrating. Obviously, Nick Sabandi is really good at that, too. He's a shot creator. He can facilitate. My my biggest concern, I guess, right now when I look at it is I know we talk about Sabandi's traits. Is is he going to be the same athlete he was coming off that ACL? Because 
I don't think his whole game was built on athleticism, but I think a lot of what he brought to the table was aided by his really dynamic explosiveness and some really high-level short area athleticism that could potentially be lost with that ACL, right? Yeah, I think that's a good observation, Nick. You know, he, to me, is the Jordan Clarkson of the group, right? And his athleticism is a very big part of his game because I think some of his efficiency numbers were a little inflated if you look at the kind of half a year he was here. I mean, those three three-pointers I think he made against Wake Forest that, like, hit the back of the rim, go two, two feet above the backboard and fall in. He had a couple of those. He banked one of those in, right? So some of his efficiency was a little bit misleading, but you're right. A lot of that's athleticism. And if he can't attack those closeouts, which collapses the defense, it's one of the few ways without a lot of shooters that Pitt can create space. If that is lost, then, you know, his value for the team is certainly diminished. Uh, so it will definitely be something to look out for. Yeah, and certainly something to look out for. We'll continue talking Cummings here. But first, let me let you guys know about Built Bar because, folks, I know spring is coming around the corner. That means you're going to want to get healthy and get right. And Built Bar can be the protein bar for you. Built Bar is made of 100% real chocolate and tastes just like a candy bar. They also have the special Built Bar Puffs, which is the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. But here's the catch. You also get all the health benefits of a regular protein bar low in calories low in sugar low in carbs high in protein you get the taste of a candy bar while getting the health benefits of a protein bar so all you have to do right now is go to built.com use the promo code lock 15 and go check that out folks it's the promo code lock 15 at built.com Podcast talking here with Stephen Gertz and Stephen. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about this and Nelly Cummings coming here. So talk to me now about what you think Pitt needs in specifically the backcourt. Obviously, they need a ton in the front court. The only guy there is John Hughley. They need a starting power forward or a starting center, whichever they try to choose to to put Hughley in. Uh, but what do they need in the backcourt now? Obviously, they lose Femi Cali, They lose Ithiel Horton. What do you see? Now, shooting, I think, is the obvious one. There seems to be, to me, a little bit lack of defensive capability in this unit as well. I mean, what do you see them adding here if they're going to add one or two guys to the backcourt to maybe round this out quite nicely? Well, I think they need a guy like Tucker Richardson. Uh, it's it's funny, you know, you, I put on a lot of tape to watch Nelly Cummings over the last couple of games, and the guy that really pops out, you know, aside from isolating Cummings, is Tucker Richardson. I mean, he was first-team All-Patriot, and he was first-team All-Patriot League defensive as well. So, I mean, that's kind of that Swiss Army knife Gordon Hayward guy. Now, you remember, like, Utah Gordon Hayward and Boston Gordon Hayward, very good defender, but he also was a decent ball handler and extremely good connector. And I think that's what Pitt misses offensively is, you know, Cummings played in a system that really promoted ball movement. And a big part of that is him. And a big part of that is Richardson's ability to connect guys. So it's not necessarily, it's kind of like the hockey assist, right? So are, do they have that guy? No, they don't. They don't really have that guy. So that that's going to be a big thing on offense to promote ball movement. You mentioned defense that as well. I mean, at the end of the season, I don't know what it was. Maybe those guys just all lost gas, but they basically just bled middle and dribble penetration all over the place. So, you know, Cummings, I thought that he did a decent job with that, but, you know, not having, and we've talked about this as well, not having the Audis Tony, like not having the dude you could just throw on somebody and say, okay, forget about this guy. Now, Jeffress profile is a little bit like that, but unless he improves his offense, it's going to be hard to put him on the floor a lot. Um, so, you know, they, they need to find that defensively, uh, and they also need to find a guy that's going to be a good connector and promote ball movement because Nike, Burton, and Cummings to an extent – 
do look to attack sometimes more than they look to uh, facilitate. Yeah, that that's been the issue, and I think they with Ithiel Horton leaving, they also kind of lost a guy that was just mm-hmm. willing to just do it, uh, shoot the ball. I, and I again, and I think they need shooting. And so when you look at guys like Jason Roche that they're looking at, which I think is a really intriguing option, I think that would be a nice land. Uh, I think that there are guys that they can get that you, as you mentioned, could fill that void. But I guess as it stands right now, do you consider all four guys they have if they are to say? Try in 2022-23, if they are to try and make that magical year run, that year turnaround like a Miami did, a Wake almost did it, if they are to suddenly become a bubble team, NCAA tournament team, whatever, can all four of these guys to you at least fit together nicely as puzzle pieces as four to potentially promote that? Uh, I mean, it's hard. I, I think it's hard to say only because, you know, where's Nike at right now? How quickly can they come on the court? I thought an advantage the team was going to have last year was that all those guys were here early and they were all working out together. And you saw that on social media ton. You know, you heard that from the guys during interviews that there was a togetherness. They were all working out together. And that didn't necessarily materialize, right? They literally lost the first game of the season. So, <laughs> so uh, is that going to be the case? I don't know. I think there are so many defensive questions and none of the, well, Cummings, but None of the other guys are really a good enough shooter uh, to really make me believe that they can, can they probably, you know, repeat what last season was? And I know that's not really a, a vote of confidence or that's not really probably something the Panther fans are looking to hear. Uh, I could see that, but, you know, Hughley's got to take a couple steps forward, especially, you know, defensively conditioning has to be good. Like I think we all saw for whatever reason, after that three game run, it's like they just, there's nothing left right? Like that was their NBA finals series, three games or something. And that, and that was it. So they have to be more conditioned to do that. Um, no, I, I don't really see it. I mean, they need that other piece. I mean, if you, if you threw Mo Gee back in that mix as that other guy, well, then I could maybe, we, we could have a conversation, but until that fifth piece is in there, um, I'm not sure to your question, if the four is good enough to take a prominent step forward. Well, I, I think, and, and I said this as much uh, yesterday before they landed Nellie Cummings in an episode where I said they had to land Nellie Cummings. I think that ideally, personally, I think they should at least get two starters in this lineup. I would personally want one of Sabandi or Burton to the bench. Ideally, I think Burton to the bench would be best because I think with his – he's got this physical style of play where he takes a lot of bumps – he tries to really bruise guys down in the paint when he when he drives and he tries that mid-range jumper. Does it with a lot of physicality. Obviously, takes a million charges, uh, and so he plays with a physical style of play. And he kind of with the 35, 40 minutes he was playing, yeah, he can do it. I felt like he got worn down a lot, and that's when you saw towards the end of the year when his play kind of fell off. Felt like he was just running on tired legs and got worn down. So he's a guy maybe I would look to be maybe the sixth man where he would have a 20 to 25 minutes. And if he's on, you can push that up, obviously, as you see fit. But I think ideally you add that power forward, obviously, or a center, whatever you're trying to do. And then you add probably someone else, either a wing or another guard to the lineup and push one of the three guards they have right now, probably Burton, I think, to the bench personally. I mean, I think that's a good assessment, especially in terms of what Burton brings as maybe more of that combo guard that does have more lead guard skills than Nike. You know, he could certainly come off the bench and you could spell a lot of minutes there. So you could have a Burton Nike lineup. You could have all three lineup. You could have even a Nelly Burton lineup. But I think 
uh, it definitely establishes a one and a two in the starters, I think, to your point. And then, yeah, that that other guy has got to be like a guard for it. I'm thinking in my mind, I'm thinking like a six five, six six type of wing guy who could really defend, really could shoot it. That, I mean, everybody's looking for that. But uh, that would be the ideal fit. And then again, Mo Gee, or what do you do with Hughley? If Hughley slots in as a five, I think you need a guy like E. If Hughley slots in more as the four, you hope that he's stretching his perimeter skills. And then that five has got to be, you know, I'm going to throw out some good names here, but you get a Baycock, you get a Mark Williams type. Obviously, those guys are next level players. But something like that as a rim protector, um, I think would be obviously big additions. And you don't have to obviously get those, you know, guys that are that good. They're not going to come. But, you know, if you get, you know, Efton Reed's back out there, right? So there's some other names here. So we'll see what they end up doing. But I would agree with that. I think somebody has to come in uh, and offset the three guards. I don't think if you start those three guards, we're not Villanova. I don't think it's going to work, work to their benefit. Yeah, and I and I would agree with that overall. Again, and this is why, you know, I, I you know they got done with the Zoom interview yesterday with Jason Roche from the Citadel. I think he's the type of guy. Now I don't know how much you've watched of Roche. Obviously, you saw him when they played Pitt, but he feels like the type of guy we were kind of talking about that could shoot a forty percent three point shooter this year. He kind of feels like if there is a guy that would naturally fit in, you know, a guy that is six five, he's got what, four years of eligibility left, had a really nice year. Feels like the type of guy you're kind of talking about to fit in there as potentially that wing guardish type of player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously they played extremely well when they were here. I think what I always pause, and you know, I haven't mentioned a ton of shooting. Shooting is very obvious need. Uh, but what, when I look within the system and what, you know, Capel and staff kind of put together, it doesn't really highlight a lot of shooters, right? It's not really a system where you're seeing shooters thrive. And that goes down to a little bit of ball movement. Some of that goes to the sets they run. The screening's not great. The off-ball screening usage isn't great. I mean, you can see that with Horton. He had to really work to get open shots and to be open. And sometimes then he was still jumping up and down with his hands up and down. Ryan Murphy several years ago in the same boat. So they do need that. And absolutely, I agree with you. He would profile as a perfect fit. Uh, you know, Cable needs to figure out and staff how to use these guys. If they get them, it can't just be put in the corner and just suck your guy to that corner. That's how they used a lot of guys. And that, that wasn't great. So, uh, and hopefully Cummings has influence on that because he is coming from a system where that was not the case. Um, agree completely. Uh, the system we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Indeed. We'll continue to talk through this and we'll also talk about Femio to Cali leaving. Let me let you know about Bet Online first. Is BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Master Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Back here on the Locked On Pit Podcast, we continue to talk through this. And Stephen, I, I think you made a, a very interesting point about the system. And, and I guess this is one of the questions, too. You can't really know without landing more guys. But Nelly Cummings could spell a change in, I guess, kind of philosophy for Capel. And I'm not saying he's going to drastically overhaul his system or what he runs. But do you think it's possible that they maybe go a little bit more up-tempo, try to get more spacing, maybe change a little bit of what they're doing to, to tailor to, to a more modern game and the, and the kind of the stuff you're seeing in the NCAA tournament this year 
feels like a lot different than what you see at Pitt. Is it possible that, that Nelly Cummings is a sign of maybe a little bit of change coming to what Jeff Capel and staff want to run? Uh, I hope so. You know, Cummings is, uh, you mentioned the up-tempo, and Cummings is actually good in transition. He's good as a finisher. You know, I've, you know, he can run the floor well. He can shoot the ball well. But he also pushes the ball up the floor well. And I think if you saw, even in the back, probably eight to ten games for Pitt, they really struggled in transition. Guys would dribble the ball too much. They'd give it up too late. They'd give it up way too early. There's a lot of turnovers in transition. I mean, turnovers in transition are kind of a disaster. So, you know, their ability to get up-tempo is probably going to be unlocked by Nelly being able to make more plays. He just makes better reads. Uh, he can make his own shot. And I think that's going to allow them to take advantage of those opportunities because they really didn't have it. I think there was a lot of times where they overshot Hughley. Hughley didn't run all the way to the spot. There was just miscommunications. And for a team that struggled to score, like giving up those six or eight points, and even worse, having a couple of those turnovers lead to points on the other end, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, so I think he will be able to do that for sure. Uh, what you're seeing in the NCAA, I mean, I see a lot of the stuff that Pitt runs. They just don't run a lot of it very well. Um, you know, everyone runs some horns. Everyone runs wedge screens. Everyone runs, you know, those types of things, uh, you know, kind of that floppy set. Uh, they just, you know, they have to get better at doing that. You know, you hope now you have like three fifth-year guards uh, that, you know, there's some influence there, especially with Cummings and Burton together uh, to maybe change the tide here. Uh, and I really think Hughley's a winner. I really think he's putting in the time and, Jefferson Santos strike me as good kids and not to say that anybody left isn't uh, but you know it's kind of a clean slate got to fill it up you know you obviously got to fill the roster but it, it is once again kind of a, a cleaner slate so to speak yeah and I think for Jeff Capel in this year starting with that clean slate is about as best of an opportunity as you can again not that they didn't lose quality players you know rather have kept Collier I think you Femi certainly has upside and and also Horton certainly has his, his things but he does have a clean slate with a ton of open scholarships to kind of reshape this roster and whatever vision he wants to do it. But let's talk about Femio to Cali leaving uh, a little bit. They lose Femio to Cali and, and this one, you know, ideally I was hoping they would keep Femio to Cali. Cause again, I think he has really good upside and I think wherever he goes is going to end up being a really good player for them. This one kind of stings, and I thought he could do a lot of interesting things with Nelly Cummings. So not unexpected at all. I expected him to go. It was kind of already out there before the season was over, but certainly I think a transfer that, that kind of stinks for Pitt. Yeah, I don't think, you know, Femi and Horton for sure, and even Collier, I mean, those are those aren't guys you're really trying to lose because I think it's going to add depth. But, you know, I think you put it out there too. You know, some guys want something different, and if those roles are going to be reserve roles, you know, if the vision was – coming Sabandi starting in Femi Horton in some type of rotational role. I mean, I, you could see a scenario where those guys are like, okay, well, you know, I want something else. You know, if, if Collier wasn't going to break the front court rotation starting with nobody left except for Hughley, then, you know, you could see that too. So Femi's a big loss though. Uh, I think there's times where you've watched him play in some of those big scoring outings. You know, people use like kind of the Shea comparison last year. Obviously that's extremely complimentary. I think, you know, most people talk in like a very poor man's collegiate version uh, but certainly the seeds were there. I think he was a capable scorer. I think the issue was, you know, he's a counter driver that needed a lot of space and Pitt doesn't have a lot of space for him to just kind of go ISO with nobody able to help immediately. Um, not really a twitchy athlete, more of a guy that can get in the lane, use his size, his length, uh, those types of things. And, you know, but scoring is at a premium. And, and I think, you know, you lose, you, know, you look at oh, 11 points isn't a ton, uh, but, you know, that's 11 points that Pitt probably needed to even lose games. So, uh, it's a it's a blow. I think defensively, his perimeter defense, not great, but he was good as a low man. I, I think I put that out there yesterday. I mean, there was some value and that allowed them to hide Horton. Um, that might allow them to hide, you know, a Nike or Burton at times this year, which now they don't have. So, you know, he uh, 
He's certainly someone who I agree had a lot of upside and, you know, some unrealized potential. He was a, a consistent shot away from being a pretty good player. Yeah. Uh, and again, a lot of his peripherals in terms of three point percentage uh, that went up this year, mid range percentage, I think that those all went up. Um, so he did become a better shooter this year. And again, he's still a young player. He's only a sophomore going to be a junior. So that, that screams good to me. I mean, that that shows improvement. And so if he's actually going to improve and get a better shot, I think we're talking about a potential star here if he goes somewhere. I think naturally he's going to go somewhere like Seton Hall or St. John's, and I think that will be a great fit for Femi Cali. But Pitt now, again, as and we talked about before, the defense, it's, it's not great uh, right now. You know, Burton has his – good things in terms of defense. I think he's a great transition defender. Um, I, I think, though, Sabandi has his drawbacks. Nelly Cummings has his strengths with his drawbacks. Same with Hughley. How how do they strengthen this defensive core? Obviously, the wing shooter type, the 3 and D type they need. But I think, you know, there's a need for a shot blocker. There's a need for better perimeter defense, even in the backcourt. I mean, there is a lot of need here and you really if you were going to be that ncaa tournament team you don't want to compromise a ton of offense so will jeffers who would be the natural option he's gonna to have to get a three-point shot so how can they somehow correct these defensive efficiencies that are pretty glaring right now on roster well i think the big thing is they just bleed uh you know dribble penetration and leads the kickouts and then they're not really disciplined in the rotations i think that the best teams that have just really just kind of pounded them have been able to uh, penetrate the ball, kick out, rotate the ball, and get open three-point shots, or they're getting layups at the rim. So when you're getting layups and threes, you're in a really good spot. Uh, and Mogi was a big part of deterring a lot of that. Like, literally his presence alone, you watch teams start to scheme against him, like trying to pull him out on the perimeter, try to involve him in the ball screen so he wasn't there. I mean, like, they would just – I mean, you had a guy you had to literally scheme against. Now you don't. You don't have any guy on the roster, um, and, you know, because I don't know if Will's going to log enough minutes where you have to say, okay, we have to find a way to occupy this guy – uh, it starts to me with containing dribble penetration. And a lot of that is, you know, the guards just aren't really good at screen nav. I think Nelly Cummings, I've watched, you know, some film now. He is better at that. Uh, but you saw Burton early in the year was able to do it. And, you know, to your point, maybe just took a pounding. You couldn't do it later on in the year. Uh, Sabandi, his athleticism, again, question mark. If that comes back, then he certainly has that ability. But if they don't contain dribble penetration, specifically through the middle, which is usually the first assignment as the weak side slot defender, which would be the other guard, uh, they're just going to kind of you know bleed again. I, I don't think the rotations are sharp. You don't see them great in stunt and recovery. You don't see them great in full rotation. I don't think they've ever intentionally X'd out. So they're just not a team that's going to uh, probably make all of those strides in one year. Uh, and then Hughley and ball screen defense has got to get a little bit better. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not good. But again, that comes down to when you're carrying like the entire offensive load, you know, how well are you going to be doing this in the 38th, you know, 39th minute? Uh, again, so that that goes back to depth, which they didn't have. So uh, I, to get better defensively, they really got to do everything. But Nick, if there was one thing, got to contain your penetration a little bit better. Yeah, and that makes complete sense to me. Way too many guys getting down open lanes. I, I mean, I remember that Georgia Tech game where felt like they were easily getting down oh, the yeah. lanes um, with ease. And, and obviously some of that was transition. But again, you just saw Pitt wear down, I think, as well. And, and some of the guys were checked out of the season. Uh, I could see it happening live. Uh, so that, that's that been something that I think is huge. And I, again, as you said, Pitt's not going to be able to make those strides in one season, but I think they're going to want to win games. They're going to have to make the some strides. If they're going to just do this, and Jeff Capel is going 
to save his job, and he is going to pull off the season that everyone's talking about. They're going to need to be better defensively. And and one last thing I kind of want to bring up, because you've, you've kind of talked about it here, John Hewley needs to take steps. Obviously already a really good player, a guy that has gone up against some of the ACC's best. You know, he really did a great job against Armando Baycott. What is What are the steps John Hughley can take? And if he takes those steps, how good are we talking about John Hughley being? Uh, well, I mean, I think starting with some of the steps that he he's already taken, I mean, when you look at his finishing angles early in the season, even the Citadel, those non-conference games, there's a lot of times he's just like a really good player. And so he's making these like, I'm literally under the basket, falling down, making a hook shot or a shot that goes straight up in the air and goes in. Uh, in the end of the season, there's far more patience, right? He wasn't spinning baseline on that right block, turning it over anymore. He wasn't as one-dimensional on the left block where he's going to go into the middle of the floor. And he was allowing doubles to kind of float in and out. And I think he just really just matured as a player. It's just the natural experience. So I expect that to be in place. I expect him to have a couple more uh, options on both blocks this season. And I think he's going to be able to extend out his range consistently to that 15 feet pinch post area you watch that at the end of the season where he would kind of post up get denied and you know the guards weren't great at post entry repost up more at like that high post kind of that um, pinch post area and then he was able to can jumpers I mean his jumper was really good by the end of the year uh, I think that's going to continue now how many should he take especially how many three should he take that's another story but I think you're going you know he has to take steps in kind of just offensive um, variety his passing's very good and I think Pitt needs to do a better job of using his gravity using how they play off him he got better at double teams uh, those are all things I think are going to come naturally I, I do feel like he's going to do that now I think there's a I don't know if he's ever going to be above the rim finisher right I don't want to say he's not a good athlete he is a very good athlete but I think his his strength is really his ability to pound and leverage that way I think if he slims down too much um, because I know over the course of the season, you'd hear that, oh, he's 285, he's really 255. You know, I, I mean, he can't slim down to be like LeBron, right? Like, that's just, you know, I know this is his favorite player. That's not going to work. Um, defensively is where he needs to grow the biggest. I think attentiveness uh, in ball screens, you know, he does do a good job of holding post position. Uh, but, you know, he's he's got to be a little bit more varied there. His ability to cover ground, rebound outside of his area isn't quite there. I think that's what they lost with Collier a little bit in limited minutes. Um, he needs to bring that level of activity. But again, if you're carrying the offensive load as much as he is, I don't know if you can expect that. You see that with Justin Champagne now in the you know in the G League. You know he's awesome, right? Like because he doesn't have to do everything, so he, he's capable of doing more in spurts. Uh, and that's kind of on a team thing. Yeah, and again, I think that's all about depth. All about depth. This team has to be much deeper in 2022-23, and I think that'll help everyone out, regardless of efficiencies or not it will help them out and help them play as a better unit. The better guys you have around you, usually the better you will play as a player. All right, Steven, let them know where they can find your stuff, follow you, read all your work, man. Yeah. Uh, thanks. You can find me at uh, Steven Gertz, Steven underscore Gertz, Steven with a PH on Twitter. Love interacting with people there. Uh, I am in the Panther forums, uh, Panther Lair forums every now and then, especially if you tag me and then, you know, obviously my work's getting posted over uh, on rivals there. And, folks, as always, make sure to check out Stephen's work. He does great stuff over there at Panther Lair. Always insightful reads. Always doing it like no one else is doing it in the pit sphere. I really gain a lot of knowledge just from reading his stuff. So make sure to check that out. And, folks, as always, thank you for listening to the Locked on Pit podcast. We will talk a lot of football this week, obviously, with the spring game coming. We'll continue to talk any transfer portal additions and more. So, so as always, thanks for listening. And, as always, hail to Pitt.